What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Cash Money Pod. It's RJ here with Luke, and we're so excited. We have a special, special guest, Harrison Ingram, uh, small forward for Stanford. Hey. So the first thing I want to talk to you about, obviously you came to Stanford as a big man on campus, you know, five-star athlete, one of the highest rated recruits they've ever had for basketball. How's that been, just being there and adjusting? I mean, it's chill. Everybody there is nice and cool. and I mean, everybody there is the best at what they do, whether it's like robotics, violin, or yeah. any other sport. I mean, it's just chill. Best weather in the world, too. Do you oh, think? Sure. Do you think being in a place like that and like the competition with everyone being the best that they are like makes you a better player and a better person? Definitely makes me thrive. I didn't want to go to like a place where the basketball players are kind of like viewed on a pedestal and like in like a different dorm or stuff like that. I just want to be a place where I'm just like a normal person. Yeah. So how do you feel about your teammates? I don't want to get you to throw any of them under the bus, but has it just been a good team atmosphere with the coaches and everything? It's all good? Great team atmosphere. I love all my coaches. I love all my teammates. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just being, being a D1 athlete in general, what's that like? Just, I mean, like, I know you obviously get help, but like having to balance the two, student athlete, especially at a place like Stanford, has that been good for you? It really hasn't been that hard because I went to like St. Mark's and that that was harder than Stanford, personally. Wow. But, I mean, the probably the hardest thing is just how much you have to work out, even, like, when you don't want to work out. Yeah. Like, you'd be tired or something like that, and you don't really want to work out, and you got you, I mean, you have Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So now can you just take us through a day in the life with all those workouts and all that? Like, what does that entail, just an average day? Average day. Let's see. Monday? Let's go Monday. Okay. Monday, wake up, like, 6.30, lift at 7.00. You go to lift, then you go to breakfast. You have classes all day. And you have like a four-hour slot for practice, and you have to get there an hour early to take. Okay. So it takes like, practice takes like four-ish hours, and then you eat dinner. Mm-hmm. And usually from like seven, like eight on throughout the night, I'm just chilling. All right. Does that ever get tiring? Is it a lot, or can you handle it? At first, in, in the summer, it was kind of a lot. Okay. I was kind of lazy. I was yeah. like running a lot. And I was running. What's your favorite thing to do in like the 8 p.m. onwards? Any favorite Netflix shows or anything? Ooh, Lost in Space and Vampire Diaries. Okay, both okay. great shows. For sure. Yeah. So now with the season starting, you know, obviously you're already, what, four-time Pac-12 freshman of the week. You're definitely playing well. How's that? Five? Yeah. My fault. Five. Five time. Disrespect. But, I mean, how's it been just getting back on the court, being in front of all those people? Is it ever too much? Does the lights ever get too big? Or? No, I kind of just, I mean, it's always been a game to me. Basketball's always a game, so I just mm-hmm. kind of treat it as a game and yeah. keep it separate in my life. You know what I mean? Just have fun every For time sure. I go on the court. It's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, y'all season has gone pretty well so far, but off the court, you just landed a huge deal. Uh, talk about that. I know it's a sports trading company, somewhere in the five figures. Somewhere in that range. Yeah. I can't give too much information on that, okay. but it's with Tops, the trading card company. Oh, okay. That was baseball, and they're switching over to nil. They're getting. They want to do nil for basketball because nil just started, mm-hmm. and I signed with them. That's awesome. So, have there been any other people reach out to you about nil? Um, has it been? There should be some more deals coming up. Pretty soon. All right, we'll we'll look for the news to see that for look sure. For the news. Um, but how do you feel in general about nil? Like just how it's been. I, I think it's good, especially for obviously getting athletes paid, and then if you look on the women's side, like there's women 
this girl from UConn named Paige Brookers who's oh, yeah. making like more money than WNBA players yeah. do. Paige Buckets. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of gives them an option to like not have to go to the WNBA or like yeah. make money playing basketball as they should. For sure. And then um, we talked about NIL. How do you feel about the trans- transfer portal opening up more, giving players more mobility in college? Do you think that's good for the game? I think the transfer portal is dumb as shit. <laughs> like it's like people just hopping around schools and a lot of schools, I don't know. I think people just, I mean, people like they'll transfer after like five games of not playing and yeah. they don't want to fight and earn their spot. They just want to be given everything and I mean, that's not how How does it works. affect a team's like chemistry? Like do y'all... It affects, I mean, if you look at a team, a really good team, I don't want to throw any teams, there's good teams out there who have like 10 transfers who are all really good transfers. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean necessarily they're going to be a top 10 team like everybody it's thought. It's like, yeah. And it kind of, kind of messes over all the high school players because... College coaches, their job is to win. They don't really care about developing people. They just want right. to win, win, win. Yeah. And why would they take a 18-year-old who they don't know what they're going to be yeah. and they take a 23-year-old who knows exactly So what how do you feel about the players that, say, transfer after, like, their coach leaves or retires? Like, Oklahoma, their entire team basically right. transferred and, like, went to North Carolina or just stopped playing basketball or wherever. But See, I understand that. Personally, everyone's situation is different, so I'm not going to speak on anybody. But, yeah. I mean, if – Situation completely changes. I understand why you want to leave, but to just leave because someone is, has taken your minutes, so you don't have minutes. I right. think it's a little kind of what's move. Unless it's like crystal clear that you're better than this person, you really feel like you're killing this person every time in practice. I don't see why you should leave. For sure. So I know you've you've competed against some of the top teams in college basketball. Obviously, you guys went against Baylor. Um, how do you feel in general just about the college basketball <laughs> landscape this season? It seems like there's. Not really one team. I would say Baylor, honestly, from what I've seen, is definitely the number yeah. one. But after that, like everyone's having bad losses. It's kind of up for the taking. How do you feel? Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Interesting March Madness, especially sure. how March Madness works. It's not like a seven-game series, so anything can happen. And yeah. Literally anything can happen. Oh, yeah. like number, I, I wouldn't be surprised if number one sees lose first game this year. Yeah, I, like yeah. You never know what could happen, especially with all the transfer portal people. Like People are 25 years old playing yeah, still. It's crazy. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> are you excited for that? That chance to maybe be able to play in March? Yeah, April? that's the goal. That's always been my dream. Yeah. Play in March. For sure. That would be awesome. You gotta keep winning. Yeah. So, um, are there any teams that you would say either you've played against or you've just watched that are kind of dark horses to watch out for in March? Hmm. In March. I would say Wyoming. Really? They were like 9-1. and one. They haven't really okay. played anybody that good. Or 10-1 yeah. who played them. And yeah, they're they're tough. All right. Has there been anyone Big man who was averaging like he had like twenty eight and eighteen against us? It was wow. ridiculous. Has there been any one player in particular that you think guarded you really well, or you think gave you the toughest challenge so far in college? Never really a player. I've never really been bothered by a player, but More just team? kind of a team. Mm-hmm. The team defense of Baylor was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous oh, yeah. and kind of similar to Texas. Their defense, the team defense yeah. was just the help side and. Anytime you drive or anytime you're anywhere, there's someone always on you. And it's those athletes, too. They have so many guys that can just move around. Yeah. So, um, we're talking about this season. If we go past this season, I know obviously... Ooh, ooh, wait. Dark Horse team? Santa Clara. Santa Clara. I know you guys played them, yeah. They're good. They're good? All right. Noted. I'll I'll look for my bracket in March. Real good. All right. Well, looking past this season... um, Obviously, we're talking about this, but and you don't know the answer yet, but 
Do you see yourself having a future staying with Stanford, maybe leaving? Do you know yet? One and done, four not years. Really, not really thinking about that right now. I'm just kind of worried about the season. Just thinking about winning. I like thinking it. about winning, for sure. One game at a time. We, we'll cross the path when we cross it. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, talking about the NBA. The Christmas games just happened. Were you guys both watching? I was, yes. I was not able to. Okay. Oh, yeah, you were. I was All right. in Hawaii. Yeah, you were in Hawaii. But, um, so I just wanted to get some takeaways. The Knicks-Hawks game... I I know I'm biased. I understand, but <laughs> as a Knicks fan, we look like we're back. And Kemba triple double. He's playing great. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but how do y'all feel about the Knicks? Y'all played a Who Hawks play? team without <laughs> without Trey Young. Hey, I'm just saying we played pretty well. They didn't even play the Hawks. I played like their G League team. Yeah, <laughs> I right. mean, especially with COVID, and, like the Christmas games alone, like I think like the Nets. Who'd yeah. they play next? The Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. Had tons of people out. Oh, I yeah. think KD, KD was out. Yeah. Kyrie, obviously. Yeah. Um, was AD out? I don't yeah. know. But it's really impacted a lot so far. For sure. But I, I'm excited to see what Thibodeau does with this team. I think we're kind of starting to come together. We have our rookies getting some more minutes, getting more adapted to the NBA. So I'm excited for that. Next, I want to talk about Warriors and Suns. That game looked like the two best teams in the league. Would you guys disagree? I don't. I think right as of right now, those are the two teams to beat. Warriors, Suns. Yeah. They both have great systems, and they both have players that like perfectly play to that system. Like yeah. the Warriors, all have guys that are gonna fit perfectly with Draymond and Steph, and like being able to shoot and play off ball. Agreed. I'm gonna but, go Nets Warriors as my two. Okay. Nets Warriors. I think yeah. Kyrie's coming back for road games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, I feel like eventually they're going to let him back because he's such yeah. a box office attraction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to have to, and I think. I just think the Nets are, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And KD playing out of his mind. So, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that. The Nets-Lakers game. Kevin Durant didn't play. The Nets still were able to win. I know Harden had a good game. I think it was 36-point triple-double. Yeah, 36-point triple-double. He played really well, but... Is it time to say LeBron isn't the best player in the world anymore? Not at all. The Lakers this season have only had four games with the same starting five. And, I mean, that says it all. Like, their entire season has – even LeBron said, like, the chemistry on the team was, like, not where it needs to be at all. And, I mean, that's just going to happen when you can't have – more than half of your season where you're playing with right. the same yeah. starting five. For sure. and and LeBron's a player who excels in the postseason, so it's wasting mm-hmm. playoffs. And we'll For sure, yeah, we're definitely going to wait. I'm just looking at, you know, three seasons ago in 2019, they missed the playoffs. They won the championship in 2020, and he played really well. And I still do think he's an elite player. Last year, they lost in the first round. And now this year, and I understand they don't have the team chemistry. Lost in the that. first round, Anthony Davis was hurt. Yeah, yeah. but that's a big, big, yeah, okay, big okay, important fine. Point. But then I'm looking at this year, I understand the Lakers' chemistry is off, but they lost to a Nets team that was James Harden and G-Leaguers. But, I mean, LeBron had the same 32 point, 32, I don't know, 36. 9 and yeah. 8 or 36, yeah. something like He's that. He's getting the stats. And it was him and Harden, and it was, I mean, it was a close game, but it was really, like, them two against each other, and almost everyone else was like, yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, I, I do. I see the stats. He's doing it. He's putting up the numbers. But I'm looking at Kevin Durant early December when – he went on a streak with him and, like, seven other basically G-leaguers. They're winning games. KD's dropping 40. I think he had a 50-point game or 46, something like that. I just – I don't know. I know LeBron has been the best in the league for so long, and it's hard to say he isn't. But I'm looking at Kevin Durant doing these things. I'm looking at Steph Curry winning 
so many games with a team that's built around him and really well built. But he's the superstar of that team. I'm looking at Giannis winning the ring last year, dropping 50 points in game six. And I don't know if I can still say LeBron is definitely, undoubtedly the I mean, best player in the you world. you still have to just keep looking at this game. And Westbrook goes four for 20. Oh, I know. It was bad. Your starting center, Dwight Howard, plays six minutes shooting mm-hmm. 0 for 1. Yeah. You're starting Wayne Ellington playing 14 minutes. I mean, but you're, I'm not I'm not looking and at And they played Carmelo 40 minutes. Hey, Melo, we're not going to disrespect Melo. 6 for 15. But I know. I know. I'm just like LeBron has been playing well. He's still definitely a top 5 player in the league, maybe even number 2 or 3. I just think we can at least start the conversation of best player in the world. Again. I agree. I wouldn't say he's undoubtedly the best player in the world. I would say he's the best player in the world, but I wouldn't say it's undoubtedly. Right. For sure. Like yeah. Steph Curry has a say, Kevin Durant has a say. Like, it's not Trae just Young. so clear. You say Draymond? He said Trey Young. Trae Young. <laughs> We're cutting that out. <laughs> but yeah, I think Steph Curry and Kevin Durant make a case. But I think overall, no one impacts the game like LeBron. Okay. And I can see that point. I just think it's really close. I think we can have the conversation. And I honestly don't think it's been a conversation since maybe 2011. So is the last time. Talking about the... Christmas games, also Mavs and the Jazz. I gotta ask. I know you were a big Mavs fan. Are you still uh, yeah. a big Mavs fan? Mavericks for life. MFFL. <laughs> okay, what's the problem with Mavs this year, in your I, opinion? I was about to ask. Luca, man, he's just. I don't know. We need more. First of all, I've heard there's a little turmoil between our best player and our coach right now. So we yeah. need to get that. We need to get that under control. I'm starting to think like, I don't know, like. Is it? Maybe we need. We need another playmaker. And we can't have Luca on the ball so much. Yeah, I would agree. I think Luca needs to play more shooting guard, small forward, instead of having him literally be point guard and every other position on offense. Um, I think another thing, though, I think Luca could be better doing more on defense. I think he needs to work on that. I'm not saying it's just his fault. I think Porzingis was supposed to be someone like that, but something needs to change with the Mavs. Like they can keep making the playoffs as a six seed. But if they really want to win a championship... I, I gotta ask, hearing now that there's possible turmoil, I mean, for this this is now the second coach, mm-hmm. is it a Luka problem or is it yeah. the coach? Because Rick Carlisle, there was supposed yeah. turmoil there. And we know and Carlisle now, is a great coach. Yeah, like, Carlisle won that championship with, I mean, Dirk, but do you think it's possibly a Luka issue or is it just the coaching issue here? I don't know. I can say I have a theory I don't know if this is true but I think Luca really I think when he played in Spain he was like a 17 18 year old being like the MVP of that league and he thinks of himself as he's like that guy which he is a top 10 player in the league but he wants like full control over what's going on and we know yeah and we know Carlisle is the type of coach that doesn't allow that we saw what happened when Rondo was there Um, we're seeing it Kind of, we saw it with Luca, um, and Jason Kidd also. He's a Big Hall of Fame guy. talent. He's not gonna let anyone tell him what to do because he's Jason Kidd. And I'm wondering maybe Luca wants more control over the team. I don't know. That's obviously just a theory, but that's it's what definitely I'm a question. Yeah. So agreed. Um, I think Luca wants to be the kind of how James Harden played. Yeah. That doesn't really work. As in winning championships, like maybe you win the first round of the playoffs or get to the playoffs yeah. or something like that. But I think I think the coaches are just trying to play winning basketball, and that's where the clash is mm-hmm. on how to 
sell Luca on more of a team aspect. Yeah, for sure. But also keeping him happy. Yeah, that's the that's the struggle because you need to keep Luca happy if you're the Mavs. Like you, you, he's your centerpiece. It's hard to find someone that good, so they really do need to keep him happy. But my other question with that game: Do you guys think the Jazz are finally elite? Because they've been one of these really good regular season teams for a few years now. Do you think they're elite? I think it's the same as every year that they're going to be a great regular season game. But I don't think. I mean, Donovan Mitchell has. I mean, continue to improve, but yeah. I don't think they have that like top five, top ten player necessarily that gets them over that hump to yeah. be absolutely elite. But like they always play very good team basketball, yeah. and that's what they're known for. But let me ask you, why? Like you would say the Suns are an elite team, right? They don't have a top five, top ten player. I think Devin Booker and Chris Paul, the combination of those two, makes a top ten, top five. Okay. Player. And right. I think that Don, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, that combo does not make a top five, top ten player. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would say Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, three times, whatever. Great player, but... I, I don't mean, think he can be the second best player on a championship yeah, team. Yeah, definitely not. We saw what happened last playoffs. He, The Defensive Player of the Year should not be getting hunted down on defense. Like, I think something... I don't know. Obviously, he's not great on the perimeter, but, like... He should be able to at least do something if he's going to be Defensive Player of the Year. So I got to ask, talking about all the teams and talking about the Mavs and how you're still a fan. If, Always a fan. If, I know you would be happy to obviously land anywhere in the NBA, but if you could possibly like choose one team, what, would it be the Mavs? Or would you want to go hmm. to Miami or L.A.? Miami, or Miami. Ideal, ideal would be yeah. Texas or Florida because of the state tax. Taxes for sure. Mm-hmm. Won all my money. Yeah, but yeah, I like Miami. I like the way the Warriors play. It looks oh, fun. Yeah. But probably Miami. Yeah, Miami sounds fun. Yeah. And is there a coach <laughs> in particular that you would want to play with the most that you haven't necessarily? I never really. Nah, I never really thought about that. Okay. I like coaching. I haven't like delved into yeah. coaching, yeah. but it's, I mean the way Steve Kerr runs his offense looks fun as hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Are there any owners that you just... No. <laughs> no. I think Mark Cuban will be fun to get to know. I don't know. <laughs> no, no owners. I know. All right. So it's Mark. Yeah. So basically what I'm hearing is you want to go to the Knicks. <laughs> Not against that. I would, love, I would love to go to the Knicks. MSG. Can't beat it. But yeah, so I just want to ask you guys, we're... Uh, not halfway. What we're like a quarter way through the season. Who do you guys think is the MVP? Steph Curry. Steph Curry. What do you think? Uh, at this moment, probably Kevin Durant. I I'm leaning towards Steph right now. I think Steph gets it because of how he's playing. It's like very close, and then he also did the three point record, which I think they give it to him. Yeah, I get that. I think yeah, NBA media and is very narrative based. Yeah, his team's won more games without Clay. Yeah, that's the other thing. I think. I'm really excited to see how Clay plays when he comes back. Exactly. Because I would argue he was a top 10 player in the league when he was healthy, um, just impact-wise. So, But, yeah, no, I would definitely go with Steph Curry. I think he's been more valuable to his team. I mean, I don't think either of the teams are playoff teams without the star player. You could argue maybe the Nets sneak in with Harden, but he hasn't been playing great. Um, I don't know. I just think the biggest thing is Steph Curry is just the way he moves – off ball and everything he does is just so much more valuable to his team. But um so the other awards, who's the sixth man of the year? 
Who's even six man now? Jordan I would go with Tyler Hero personally. Um, the other people there's Jordan Clarkson, Montrez Harrell. No, not Montrez Harrell. No. He's up there. Jordan Clarkson's on the Jazz, right? Yeah. Yep. How are they doing this year? They're doing pretty well. I want to say they're three, three or four yeah. seed in Heroes the Heroes looking pretty. I think they go to. I think they go to Clarkson at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think Tyler Hero. He's averaging, I want to say twenty a game. Um, so I, I I would give it to him as of right now. He was my preseason bet. I'm still rocking with him. Um, but yeah. So for defensive player of the year, who do you guys have? Because I honestly don't really even know. At this point, who I would even give it to? Defense. I'm gonna go with. Mm. I mean, like, there's the safe bets in Rudy Gobert and Giannis every year, but. But I think the resurgence of Draymond had such a big impact on the Warriors. Like, I know he brings so much more than just defense and like his passing and just overall team effect but he really has done yeah. a lot for the Warriors defensively and bringing them yeah. together and being that glue guy that they need and I'll say it's ridiculous that Draymond who's in my opinion a top five greatest defender all time only has one defensive player of the year I think he deserves at least one or two more um so yeah I would not be opposed to him getting it at all I would love to see a guard for you know mm-hmm. Because it's Which. always nice to see a guard win that award. For sure. Since it's so rare, like Matisse Thibel or Marcus Smart or Mikael Bridges yeah. or one of them. Mikael Bridges is playing really well. Mm-hmm. Another guard who I thought should have won it last year, Ben Simmons. How do you guys feel about this saga, how it's playing out, and what do you guys think is going to come from I forgot it? about Ben Simmons. Yeah. Well, there was just recent rumors that he's uh, – there's a lot of trade talks with the Cavs yeah. that Which came out a couple I, days I, ago. Who? With Darius Garland? Uh, I, I don't, possible Colin Sexton, yeah. possible Derek I think Star. if they do it, they'd have to do Sexton and a lot of picks. But I if think, I'm the Cavs, I'm I Garland. like I think Garland's the, been cooking. Well, yeah, but I don't think the Cavs want to give him up. I think the Sixers would do with it Simmons? with Sexton. I, mean, I think the Cavs, I like what they have going, and I love Ben Simmons. I think he's the best defender in the league, but the Cavs are a rebuilding team. I, I don't really like the move for them. I don't see why the Sixers... Or the Cavs wouldn't do Ben Simmons for Colin Sexton two picks. See, I think, I think that the Sixers should do it, but Daryl Morey has gotten better offers. He was offered CJ. He McCullum. has, but at this point, he knows. Eh, but I know if I'm honestly, I'm taking Colin Sexton two picks over CJ McCollum any day. CJ McCollum in a first, you yeah. would take I am. Sexton. Sexton is so much younger, and when you're the Sixers, you want, you know, you want win now, but you also want those young guys, and for I sure. think Sexton has. A lot more value in that if you can convince him to stay. Okay, I my only argument I just think McCollum for that team to have someone to just play make and let Joel play off ball a little more would just help that team so much. And C J McCollum is such a good playmaker that I, I really wanted to see that trade go through. I think for both sides, Damian Lillard to have Ben Simmons with him would be amazing, and also C J with the Sixers. I just see Ben Simmons being as young as he is. Um, at 25, and yeah. C.J. McCollum at 30 years old, I feel like you're losing value still but yeah, in that trade. For sure. But what do you guys think is going to come out of this whole saga? Like, do you think... I don't know. I think the NBA will probably implement some rule where you can't do this. Yeah, I mean... Some Simmons, sort of rule, yeah, yeah. He has four more years on his contract. Is he making, like, he's not making any money. Is he getting fined? Yeah, he's getting fined. I saw some report that he's, like, going bankrupt. I don't know if it's true, but I, like... I don't really know what the NBA even can do because, like, 
I guess if he's getting fined, I almost going bankrupt. I don't think any other player would do this. Yeah, I I really ben don't. Ben Simmons is getting fined three hundred sixty thousand dollars for every game he misses. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I just I don't understand what he's getting out of it. Like I understand he doesn't want to play for the Sixers. Like that would be scary to play in Philly. The fans would boo him. I understand, but at some point you have to. His twenty twenty one fine total is nine point six million dollars. Wow. Yeah. So. He's crazy. Yeah, and like is that is it worth nine point six million dollars to not play? It says you know like like most people believe like the Sixers are right in not letting Ben yeah. Simmons just dictate his own future when he's not contributing to the team that's trying to pay him. Yeah, and he has I, I want to say four three more years on his contract after this one. Like if it was his contract year, I'd understand a little bit, but Daryl Morey has all the power in this situation. He. The Sixers are still a good team without Simmons. He's proving right now they don't need Simmons. I'm sure they would like to have him back, but they don't need him. They're still a top three or four seed in the East. And he has three more years. Maury can literally just sit him and keep finding him every single game, and Simmons can't do right. anything about it. I don't th- actually, I, don't, I didn't know he was getting fined that much. I don't think the NBA will implement any sort of rule there. Yeah. $9.6 million and like, are we even halfway through the season yet? Not even no. That's a ridiculous amount of money to pay. Yeah. Just because you don't want to play. Yeah. All you have to do is play, and you can make it. You can make you make yeah. half probably double that. Yeah, exactly. And it's just cra- I think Daryl Morey honestly is in a way saving the NBA. I think if he would have traded Simmons for some deal that he didn't like, that shows players that you can have four years left on a huge deal and still just say no, trade me, and that means contracts don't even mean anything at that point. So I think Morey sitting him out is a great thing for the NBA. Sucks for Ben Simmons, but I think just for the future, hopefully we won't see as many players holding out. Talking so. about a great player like Ben Simmons, I gotta ask if you had to compare yourself to one player in the NBA or mm. how you think your game is like, who would you compare yourself to? That's a good question. I never really thought about that. I have to think about it. Give me a few minutes. All right. I mean, we. I can tell you. I know. Me and Luke have actually talked about this before. We, I, I mean, I said LeBron being nice, but <laughs> <laughs> I think the more reasonable one was Harrison Barnes. That was the Harrison Barnes. That was the name I put out there. I just think I said he's a great tem- team defender, and he's always been. In my, I mean, in my mind, he's been a smart player, mo- like plays efficiently, and contributes to the team in multiple ways, which I, f- I think you're a very versatile player in that way. I'll take any comparison you give me, really, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I, don't really, I don't really play my game, like, model my game after anyone. I just kind of try to keep it original to myself. For sure. Yeah. Has the college game, the speed, has that been a big change, or did you get used to it pretty quickly? Not really. I think playing USA helped a lot. Oh, yeah. So, not really the speed. There wasn't the, more the physicality. Yeah. That would sure. take, like, a, a couple of days to... Kind of, yeah, get used to that and big ass dudes <laughs> in the paint. Yeah. Big, like, seven-footers, strong as hell, like 25 yeah. years old. Because, yeah, I would say in high school, one of your biggest strengths always seemed like you just saw the game in slow motion. You let it all come to you. And I was just wondering for the college, I guess, is it still the same? Would you say Yeah, it's still, pretty, it's still pretty. It's still pretty. Yeah, making plays still isn't that hard. Oh, okay. yeah. No. That's good. Glad you were able to adjust. All right. All right, so now I want to talk a little about Rookie of the Year. Um, mm-hmm. I know you had some questions for us. So my question for you, RJ Cash Money and L Drippa, mm-hmm. is with Katie Cunningham being the first pick, I mean, Jalen Green, 
Evan Mobley. What do y'all think about the emergence of Franz Wagner and Scotty Barnes as arguably the top two leaders yeah. along with Evan Mobley? Yeah, I would say definitely don't forget Mobley. But yeah, Scotty Barnes has really, really impressed me. I was a little surprised when the uh, Raptors took him. I thought they were going to take Suggs, but it's proven to be the right pick. I think, you know, he's one of the best, if not the best rookie. Um, he plays two ways, and yeah, I mean, this draft class is just showing its depth, honestly, more than anything else. I per- mean, personally, yeah. I think for me, Franz Wagner is the rookie of the year. Really? But I just think that because like he's made an impact that's going a lot deeper than his like stat line. Of like fifteen five and three, I mean he's also fifteen five and three with a steal game, shooting efficiently from both the field and the three point line. Mm-hmm. But he's been like a plug player that like has played a lot older than he seems, and I think some of that comes from him having an older brother already in the NBA and Mo sure. Wagner, mm-hmm. um, and both coming out of Michigan. Yeah. And I gotta I ask think, my fault, my fault. for you. Yeah. You did have an older brother play basketball. I did. Did your older brother kind of lead the way a little bit for you originally? Definitely helped because I was always like at his workouts when I was young and he was like four years older than me. So I got to learn what he learned just at a younger age. But I, I mean, what's interesting to me is how no one thought Franz Wagner, everyone thought Franz yeah. Wagner would be a project and yeah. he might not even play as rookie year. Oh, yeah. And like, is amazing. he even going to get drafted? Type, or talks I mean, like that? even guys like. Austin Reeves has come out yeah. and had a game winner Austin for the Reeves. Lakers, and exactly. he was, I don't yeah. know, second-round pick or exactly. late first late, or something. Yeah. I mean, you look down the draft board. I mean, Miles McBride, Deuce McBride for the Knicks. I mean, really everyone I'm looking at, every rookie has been performing at least around where they were expected. I know Jalen Green had the injury. People were kind of putting that early bust label for some reason on him after that injury. Um, I didn't really like that. He's definitely playing better now. Mm-hmm. And then Suggs, I would say, has been a little disappointing. Yeah, it's probably, I think it'll take some time. Yes, yeah, it'll take a little bit of time. I'm not worried about him. I've, I mean, he's a great player. I saw him in high school, college, all the way through. I'm not too worried about that one. But I mean, really, I'm just looking at all these rookies, and I'm like, wow, like it's it's a very impressive draft class. And going into the draft, I thought it was. A mediocre at best draft class. So definitely, what do y'all think about most improved player? Honestly, I know I have my choice. Who do you? Who would you say? I'm gonna go with Jordan Poole. Okay, that's I like that pick. Just the way he's emerged with Clay's absence, and I mean he's just been another player out of Michigan. Another player yeah. out of Michigan. I I would say another big one is Miles Bridges. He's definitely <laughs> improved a lot this season. Um, I mean, playing with LaMelo Ball obviously helps, but he played with them last year too, and he's really stepped up this year. I just love watching those games, catching those lobs. Hum diddly D. It's just it's great to watch. I love the Hornets team in general. And, yeah, so I would, I would say Miles Bridges, but there's no one this year that I would say has really stood out to me as the most improved. Usually there's, like, one guy that takes another step and becomes an all-star. I haven't really seen that this year. Um, I do have a personal favorite that has been on a struggling team in the Mavs. I think Jalen Brunson actually does have a case. Uh, I mean, his stats like haven't gone up crazily, but he's stepped in in a way that like has been a starting point guard caliber player. I mean, sure. he's put up 16, five and a half, four points, and I mean four uh, rebounds, and he's played efficiently. And he's I I, I feel like he's been a really good leader this year. Yeah, I like that. I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing 
is with the NBA media, they tend to give most improved to a player a that flasher. went from a good yeah. player to an all-star, is what I've seen in the past, at least. There's Garland, maybe. Actually, that's a, that's a good pick. I think Garland, from rookie year to his second year, he had a huge step. He went from one of the arguably worst players in the league to a really solid player, and now he's taking another step. I would say I wouldn't be upset to see him in the all-star game. Yeah, as a, definitely yeah. As, a, as a reserve, as a reserve. For sure. I would, be, I would kind of be more upset not to see him. Yeah. I think that'd be more politics. The way he's playing, the way he's kind of turned this casting around and yeah. give it some light. For and sure. His, his efficiency, how he's getting his teammates involved, how he's just affecting the game is, is impressive. Yeah, for sure. The Cavs team in general has been so impressive. I think they're the three seed. Mm-hmm. Um, them and the Bulls both have been really fun to watch this year. Just thrive. It's two fan bases that have been down in the dumps in every sport recently, so... It's nice to see them finally do well. But, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the pod, Harrison. It was awesome having you. Um, And thank you to everyone who listened. We'll see you soon for another episode. Stay tuned. Stay blessed. Stay blessed. Appreciate y'all for having me, El Dripper and RJ Cashman. Of course. Anytime. High 55. HF5.